Iconic makeup artist. Beauty industry revolutionary. Entrepreneur. Bobby Brown is all these things and so much more. Throughout her career, she has crossed paths with some of the most accomplished people at the top of their field. These conversations are a look into their inspiring lives because everyone has a story. This is Long Story Short with Bobby Brown. Charlie Howard is a model and really struggled to keep her body to a size that most models have to be to fit into the clothes. She did everything healthy and not healthy, and it was really a struggle. And one day she went into her agency and they fired her and basically said, you just don't have what it takes to be a model. She went home, she fired off a really intense letter on Facebook just to get the emotions out of her. It somehow went viral. The newspapers picked it up, magazines picked it up, and now she is the voice of body positivity. She also recently released the book Misfit. Please welcome Charlie Howard. I actually haven't had anything for <gasps> breakfast. Are you intermittent fasting or just No, I'm not. And I always have breakfast, but today I was running late. Um, yeah. But usually I have eggs. Okay. So. How do you eat your eggs? Poached. Poached. You yes. poach them yourself? I do. It's so hard. Not really. If there's um, uh, if you put a bit of drop of vinegar in it. Yeah. Then they, they form in the water and they cling together. Yeah. I, I tried. Just I tried. <laughs> no, no, no. I tried. I think it's I got to be a specific type of yeah. vinegar. White vinegar. Thank you. You, you are so gilded today. The shoes, the hair, the shirt. No, the hair. I still well, can't nice. go for the hair. Oh, uh, no, it, it works. Perfect. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Bobby. So nice to meet you. I know. I'm so excited. It's been, a, it's, it's been a while that I've wanted to meet you. Oh, really? I've been, yeah, I've been watching you for a while. Oh, well, yeah. thank you. I yeah. stalk everyone, so I've stalked oh, you all the time. Yeah. Oh. But, but before I even knew that you knew someone that I knew, I used to look at your pictures and just like think you were the most beautiful you are oh here's that face not today no oh yes today i was just explaining to bobby that when i arrived it's pouring down with rain today in new york and i've never seen weather like it and i ran out the house and i've got a bit of a weird phobia with umbrellas uh-huh i don't I'm, do umbrellas yeah i'm too short well i'm constantly freaked out about being stabbed in the eye ah so i get a bit panicky okay. and then i ran out the house a bit late to my first casting Got completely drenched, and I thought, oh, God, I'm meeting Bobby Brown. Uh, but it's really bad. And actually, <laughs> I bonded with an actress that I met at uh, the White House. We were standing outside. It's pouring, and we were invited to have lunch with Michelle and a whole bunch of other cool women. It was Reese Witherspoon. Oh, wow. And she just stood there saying, oh, my God, I just look terrible. My hair's a mess. Everything's <laughs> wet. We bonded because you know what? She looked just fine. And, and I look just fine. But it's nice <laughs> to hear from other people to get positive feedback and oh. reinforcement oh well I think it's important I think it's important that women talk and share stories like we're doing today and yeah it's a it's a new thing by the way you know talking about what what you feel what you're going through mm, you know. massively but I think like in um in America you're even more further ahead than we are in Europe I think British people have still got a bit of a stiff upper lip mm -hmm. and the idea of therapy is like what the hell are you doing so but over here it's like oh I'm going to therapy today and everyone's quite chill about it. Yeah. Is that a New York thing? I don't know. I think maybe. so. I mean, I probably need it, but I don't go to therapy. I mean, I have when I was a kid, but I'm really into life coaches because it's okay. more like what's how, how to help you now and not in the past. Right. Okay. Right. But I, I do want to take you back for a second because okay. I want to know about you. Like, okay. where were you born? I was born on the cusp of England and Wales. Uh -huh. And my mum was watching a soap opera. And uh, went into labour and I was born literally, I could have been Welsh, 
if the, if I'd gone a mile further. Really? Yes, but I'm British. So English, sorry. <laughs> and what number are you in the family? I'm the firstborn. You're the first. Okay. Yes. And um, what are you, do you have brothers, sisters? I have a younger sister mm -hmm. who is completely different to me. We are complete opposites. So she doesn't model? No, I think she could model if she wanted to, but she just doesn't want to because okay. she's kind of seen what I've had to put up with a right. lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but she could model, I think. Okay. And what kind of work did your parents do? My dad has just retired from the British forces. Mm -hmm. um, he was a captain in the Royal Navy. Oh, cool. And my mum kind of changes jobs. Like At the moment, she's working in the hospital that I was born in, actually, because uh -huh. they've moved back there. So, yeah, oh. it's all swings and roundabouts. Uh -huh. And what kind of student were you? really badly behaved okay yeah, yeah. always in you trouble. were a bad girl I was a bad girl I yeah. was like the rebel crowd okay with, like the piercings <gasps> the dyed black hair ah. I had like two piercings in my tongue at once like do you still have a hole in your tongue no but they, it, it, it grows over really quickly you take it out after a day and that's it and I got tattoos I mean I was just crazy where are your tattoos I've actually had them lasered off Really? You've yes. had them all lasered off yes what? I had an ex-boyfriend's name uh-huh and, um, and how old were you when you did that 17 18 I oh, think and you just I mean, thought it was forever yeah and I was just I was just stupid I was like oh yeah. it's fine like it'll be uh, it'll be funny what was but his name Jason Jason well, I guess you could have named like a cat or a dog Jason and you <laughs> said it was for him but yeah no it's good you got removed I, I I really do you know my father made it really clear that he didn't want any of us to get tattoos because you know so many of our relatives were tattooed in you know, in Same Auschwitz. Same with me. Yeah. Oh, no, well, no, no. I was like, not, you're Jewish? No, 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 not wow. Auschwitz. No, that's a whole different okay. thing. My yeah. my family are quite anti-tattoos okay. because my um my granddad had them and they just don't like them. Yeah. But um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to rebel against the system. Okay. But no, the yeah. Auschwitz thing's obviously a completely different right. story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we don't have tattoos. So um, who discovered you modeling? Well, I had a friend who used to be a male model and he then found out that he had a, um, a talent for scouting models and he was making a lot of money from it because like you bring them in and you can make 500 pounds a time sometimes. Mm. So he was doing it and making tons of money and he said, um, look, I know that you're really struggling for work. Do you mind if I send your Facebook photos off? So I was like, okay, whatever. And, and I tried to apply to model agencies when I was a teenager, got rejected. I can't even tell you how many times. And what did you millions. send? To, what did you send to them? Just very basic pictures against the wall. They they always say take it against a white wall, and I think I put too much effort into it. But also I was I was too big at the time. You know we didn't have curve models fifteen ten fifteen years ago. So um, yeah, I was I was adamant that I was going to be a model. But by the time that he said that he was going to send my pictures off, um, I was kind of a bit like, is this a waste of time? But then I got signed. And how tall are you? I'm only about probably 5'8 at a push. 5'8, which to the normal world is really tall. Yeah. In the modeling world, it's... It's not. It's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah, as I'm sure you know. Right. But you, but your face, like, stands up for itself. So, oh, well, that's cool. Well, it does. I mean, so, but, you know, five... I have a few models that I really love that are about 5'8. I think some of the beauty girls are shorter, mm -hmm. but the problem with me was that when I um, signed to my modeling agency, they kind of expected me to have the catwalk models measurements, right. which is kind of ridiculous because I was never going to walk in a catwalk. Actually, this this season is my first show package, the first ever time. Oh, so cool. Yeah. In where you get where? In New York. In New York. Which I was always told you're never going to make it in New York, right. so give up on that dream. Um, but we'll get to that bit. Yeah, later, everything obviously. has changed. So when yeah. you so you 
the agent was interested the agency was interested in you yeah I had two agencies that were really interested at the time there was one really massive one who had like every famous model at the time and I went in and they said if you get down to 34 inches on your hips we'll sign you and what were your hips then 37 I think 36 okay. 37 which is like a US 6 to 8 okay. on me anyway so um I was like that that's the agency I want to be with and my friend just said look you could go with the other agency who want your hips to be 35 and I was like no I want to be with the big one I want to be the one with the name anyway to cut a long story short I couldn't get down to those measurements because my body just isn't designed to be like that so, so what did you do did you try to starve yourself did oh you... I did everything Bobby yeah. everything I took diet pills um I would literally fall off running machines I, I'd had Again, going back to my childhood, mm -hmm. I'd had eating disorders and right. really bad OCD from about the age of 12, which I, which is why I think I became really badly behaved. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, I just I put all this energy and control into food and it would go up and down, up and down throughout my teens. And then modeling came around and it was like, now I've got something to plow it into this obsession, you know, on top of like not being able to get a normal job because no one would hire me because I had no qualifications, really. Um, it was just it was the easy the easiest thing for me to do and not I mean it wasn't the easiest thing you were able to do it I mean you were not rejected by these other agencies so it was an opportunity that you were exploring yeah um it was still hard for me because they 35 inches is still like five inches smaller than what I am now mm -hmm. and I'm I know that I'm not big now but you know back then it was it was a lot of effort and um I remember were you around the same size now when you first uh, went probably yeah maybe yeah. a bit smaller actually right. And, you know, they'd kind of make you feel like the biggest blob in the world. Which compared to those ridiculously skinny, I mean, most of them are that way by nature, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, do you think or do you think it's most uh, of the girls are starving themselves? Well, I mean, I know this Victoria's Secret girl and she is so thin naturally, but you can see it in her wrists. She lifts up her shirt and it's like her torso is tiny, like she's just yeah. built that way. I think for most girls, it, it is like a stretch and you've really got to... Um, find other measures to get down to those proportions if that's what they want. Um, it's never actually discussed. You you kind of do it. I, I can't explain it. It's like an unwritten, an, an unspoken rule when so it comes no one to dieting. The, so no one at the agency says, okay, we're going to send you to, you know, John who's a nutritionist and he's going to oh, no. put you on a program or this guy who's a diet doctor is going to give you a pill. They no. don't, they just tell you to go figure it out. Yeah. They go, go and tone up. We, right. we want you to tone up. So get down to this size. Cause obviously telling you to like lose weight would be really offensive and right. you'd probably like lose the agency if, if that came out in the press. Right. So, um, I, yeah, I, I threw up, I, I've been dealing with bulimia like throughout my teens and I was doing that a lot. Um, and the problem is as well, you know, when you starve yourself, exercising is also really tough because you don't have the energy to. So it was this constant like circle of, I don't know what to do today. And um, I'd be in bed by like 6 p.m. because I was just exhausted from not eating. And your hair was probably dry and falling, falling out. Falling out, yeah. Skin was really bad. Um, your lips always crack, like everything. It's just awful. But you did have a modeling career as, you know, a, a supermodel. You did. Well, no, I didn't. I was really struggling. I... Um, I was just like any other normal girl in London and just didn't get any work. Like I think I think there's this idea and I had this idea in my head that when I signed to an agency, I would be rich and I would get loads of castings and I'd get a job every single day. And it just is not like that. Like, you know, you you are one of 
hundreds of girls on a board, thousands in the industry that are trying to make it. And you go to castings where it's like a castle call um, and you're very, very lucky if you stand out. And I just didn't stand out. But you did work with all the top magazines. No, not not by then. Not by then. No. So you didn't. So so what was the biggest change for you? So what happened with me was I was really struggling um, and I basically went to Denmark or Sweden or one of these North Scandi countries and I was asked to wear a pair of leather trousers. And the woman was in like an okay mood with me, but it was this new brand and it was like 70 looks a day. I mean, literally just mm. crazy. I think I did like 73 looks that wow. day. And um, e-com, like outfit, 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 outfit. And they hand me this leather, these leather dream, um, trousers. And I put them on and they don't fit. So this girl suddenly gets really mad at me. And it's like, you've basically ruined the day because we need these leather pants for, mm. um, for most of the looks. And I said, I'm really sorry. It's just, you know, as you know, I'm sure if you right. put leather like trousers on usually they don't fit you at the number that the, right. the label says mm. so I was like I'm really sorry like I really why don't really they sorry. just cut the back of the trousers that's what most stylists well do. I think e-com's a bit more difficult because they've got you know video when you're moving around which right. is a bit tough okay um so this girl got really mad at me and this then got fed back to the agency that I'd ruined the day because I couldn't fit into these trousers and I was a lot bigger than what my measurements said. And I honestly wasn't. By this point, I was like a US two. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, we really are annoyed and I don't think that they wanted to pay me all the money or something. And I think that on top of like me not getting work when I was really starving because I looked like a lollipop head, literally. Mm. Um, that on top of like getting no work, the agency said, can you come in for a meeting? And I kind of had a feeling that I knew that I was going to get dropped and I thought I can't get dropped because I don't have anything else in my life I need to keep this modeling anyway the idea of going into the agency and being dropped in person was just humiliating to me so I decided to call them up so I rang them and I was like hi um what's going on and they said um look you know we really appreciate how much you go to the gym but to be honest not everyone's designed to be a model Charlie and um and, and I said but I'm a size two and they said, it's not about the size, you know, you just look, you look bloated, um, but really, but, but good luck in, in future. So I was like, it's not about the size you look bloated. Yeah. Even though yeah. I was too. And, and maybe I did because when you starve yourself, you do bloat out. Right. Yeah. So there probably was an element of that, but I'd literally given three years of my life by this point of just constant starving, didn't go to any social events because I didn't have the energy to, and I was they petrified do, of food. And they do no support for you guys. Like they don't no. say, go see a nutritionist or go see, you know, a therapist or, yeah, you know. Yeah, no, not at all. And the thing so, is as that's well. That's pretty sad. Well, you know, they're also very expensive. So you start to rack up debts anyway on your account and nutritionists are expensive. And if right. you're not making the money, you can't afford to go. So it's just like this, you know, this constant battle. Um so anyway, I wrote a Facebook letter. And and how long ago was that? This was 2015. Mm-hmm. And okay. I got, like, first I was upset and then I got really angry. And I wrote this Facebook post and it wasn't meant to go viral, but I wrote this thing saying, F you, you know, you kind of sit there at your desk insulting me and my friends about our appearance. And like, you know, I mean, that they would literally laugh at you behind your back when you went in and stuff. And I saw it happen to loads of girls. So I knew they were doing it about me. 
So I wrote that and I just said, um, I've given everything I can. Um, I've dieted. I've done every single extreme thing I can do, blah, 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 blah. And then the Daily Mail picked it up. So all of a sudden I'm in the apartment alone and this thing gets shared and shared and mm. shared and shared. And like in the evening, I think it was shared like a thousand times. And I was thinking, oh my God, what have I done? And loads of people thought it was great. And everyone was like, yeah, well done. Like, you know, that's amazing that you've, um, you said that, but I don't know. So you must've been flipping out, freaking out. And then I remember being in my, um, TV room and it was like on the news at midnight of what was going to be in the in the newspapers the next day in the national newspapers and it was like my face it's like one of those there. TV movies that you see it's like Black yeah. Mirror it was like yeah. you know having yeah. like an outward experience wow. where you're kind of viewing your life from the outside and I was thinking oh my god what have I done and freaking out and some people were like you need to take that down because you're you're never going to work again but there was a part of me that was like I don't want to work to again. do this yeah. again like I don't I can't give any more than what I've given so a New York agency saw my post and they said, we want to fly you over to New York to meet us. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, you know, A, I didn't have the money and B, I kind of thought, I don't know, I'm just a bit worried about getting hurt again and just being, mm. you know, dropped. And, and what if I'm not good enough? So I, I just thought, no, I'm going to leave it. And then a week later, once I calmed down, I thought, I'm going to answer this lady back. So I said, okay, cool. I'm interested in, in coming over. So I did. So I flew to New York and um, I've lived here ever since. And and the agent, I mean, tell me about the experience. They didn't try to put you into a place where you weren't comfortable. Well, first year I came here, um, I was starting to gain weight because I decided to go to therapy finally. Like I was saying, you know, it's not really a thing in England. And I decided right. to embrace therapy and sort out the issues from my childhood and my teenage years. And I started to put on weight. And what was happening was that I wasn't fitting into any category because you have the curved side and you have the traditional skinny side. Right. So you're, I... You're teeny to be a large size model. I know. Like and a lot of people yeah. get offended by that as well, right. which I completely understand. Yeah. Um, but I... I don't know. I was just, I was just bang in the middle. My body shape just didn't fit either category. So I go to some castings and they'd be like, why are you here? And I go to other castings and they were like, they'd look at me like this is offensive to the curve industry. Like no one would mm -hmm. hire me. And I thought, here we go again, like another year of making absolutely no money from, from what I'm doing. And then the body positive movement was starting to rise on Instagram. So I was like, oh my God, here are some girls that actually look like me and they're celebrating their bodies and the things that make them you know, them, like the stretch marks and the cellulite, and they're owning it with pride on Instagram. And I thought, well, why don't I do that as part of my recovery? So I started to post pictures of like my cellulite and my rolls and my changing body as I was starting to eat more. And then suddenly the work came in. It was really strange. So how were your, how, you know, your agents, were they supportive of this new, you know, path that was really supportive. That's really important. Yeah, really, really supportive. They didn't actually know that I'd had an eating disorder and actually loads of people didn't because I am not fat. You know, you can mm -hmm. see by my wrists that I'm thin. And I think they genuinely thought that maybe that, you know, my skinny side was how I looked naturally. And when I explained that I've been dealing with these issues for 10 years, if not longer, they were like, wow, okay, um, you know, we want you to be you. So it was just bizarre having agents who were like, own your body. Like if you see a role, that's great. And all the photos that I was doing were suddenly 
so curvaceous and like so female led and just really positive and I don't know it was just it was just so bizarre to me that, that I could make money from doing this but it must have been an emotional relief also to be able to actually be yourself it was yeah and and I still struggle with it I think because you know obviously I've grown up in a time with size zero and also all the magazines and tv and movies that I've ever watched have always had really skinny women in them there's never really been any role models that have looked like me well, there's, you know, women who look like women who are actresses. I mean, Meryl Streep has True. a regular body. She's not overweight. She's not, you know, stick skinny. So True. there's a, you know, in America, there's, you know, there's more. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think maybe in England as well. Mm -hmm. um, there just isn't that kind of. But maybe not in the modeling world, but in, you know, the acting world or the real world. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Kate Winslet as well. You right. know, she's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And she goes up and down. And I think that's something that a lot of women struggle with that, and they don't realize it's normal. Right. I guess yeah, I'm yeah. good if I am perfect, but if I eat a regular meal, I'm not. Right. Yeah. And I think what also doesn't help, you know, is like the tabloidy magazines where you've got celebrities like Kate Winslet or whatever who are being mocked and ridiculed right. every week. And you, and you look at your own body in the mirror and you're like oh my God, well, then there must be something wrong with me. Right. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm not that well known because when I'm, you know, in a bathing suit on, on a beach somewhere, there's no one saying, oh my God, I have a picture of her. Mm -hmm. It's awful for women, you know, well-known women, especially when they're in their 40s, 50s and above, and you see their pictures all the time. Right, and yeah. And they're private. And I think that's so unfair. I know. And they're just doing stuff like normal people do, like bending over. Every right. woman that I know, even the skinniest, will have a, probably a couple of rolls on their stomach mm -hmm. if they bend over at the beach. And they deliberately try to find the most horrible ones. So, yeah, no, it, it definitely screwed with me, I think, all this imagery and these messages. Um, so, yeah. So, so your movement you started. So you started yes. an organization. Tell mm -hmm. me about it. So as I was starting to embrace my body and discovering this curve this curve modeling world that I'd like never really heard about. Um, I met a, another plus size model who was bigger than me mm -hmm. and we were doing blogging at the time and our agent suggested that we meet up because she said, oh, you've probably got a lot in common. So we, we met up in Brooklyn and we were talking about how you never see girls like me and girls like her in the same photographs. It was always like, especially at the time, it was mm -hmm. like, curve girls would do the really happy commercial right. stuff and then the high-end girls would do the really serious catwalk model sort of thing and I said why can't we kind of combine them both and create images that are unretouched but still really high-end and aspirational so she goes yeah okay cool I really want to do that as well so we got we, we called it the all-woman project mm -hmm. and we used an all-female team to the makeup artist stylist mm. everyone was all female and we hired girls at the time who were kind of up and coming in the body positive movement, but who might be like models, actresses, singers, that kind of thing. And we shot it over two days and we basically zoomed in on the things that you never saw in images like cellulite, like stretch marks. And I remember looking at girls who were thinner than me and going, oh, my God, like I didn't know that, that these girls also have stretch marks. I didn't know that those girls also had cellulite. So even though I was a model, I I just never saw it. I just mm -hmm. always thought that I was like the biggest girl there, you know? Um, so we created these images and then Vogue picked them up. Daily Mail, not my favorite. But uh -huh. um, and suddenly no, it went the, viral again. Wow. No, the Daily Mail was a good thing that happened, as hard as it was, because it allowed you to kind of become who you're becoming. I think so. I just think that... Um, 
again, tabloid journalism. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. <laughs> and so tell me about what you're doing now. So since then, so actually after the All Women Project, we started to get um, calls from companies like Nike. Nike, how do you say mm-hmm. it? Nike, Nike, yeah. Nike, there we go. <laughs> okay. I feel like it's different for everyone. Um, Nike, um, American Eagle, this brand called Beyond Yoga, um, skin skincare brands, etc., who wanted to also diversify their imagery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think New York was really ahead of its time in that respect, where they kind of realized that you can use girls who are bigger and it's not going to damage your brand. So we teamed up with them and we did different collaborations. Like we created our own yoga um, collection and um, just really cool stuff. Like we had dinner parties with loads of inspirational women and we created a schools program where we'd go to schools and educate girls on Photoshop mm. and the things that they saw in the media and how to right. love themselves and that kind of thing. Um, and then after that, I've been writing books. So I wrote my first book for teenagers about my eating disorders because there was literally no books about that for teens. And when did that come out? That came out last April, I think. Mm-hmm. No, last February, sorry. And then I wrote a children's book about body image that came out in May last year as well. So I'm busy writing, like, nonstop. (laughs) But, I mean, these messages are so important because, you know, even before there was Instagram and social media, you know, there was magazines. So women my age would look at the magazines and feel bad about themselves. Right, yeah. That was it, you know, because you never knew they were retouched. You know, I remember once Elizabeth Taylor was on the cover of Harper's Bazaar looking so beyond gorgeous that my stepmother said, oh, my God, look how good she looks. It was a painting. It was a, you know, it was literally so retouched that there was nothing real no about it. on it, yeah. Yeah, and I th- and things have changed. And I think, you know, I have to thank you for being part of this change and creating it because there's so much more work to do. Because you know what? S- confidence and self-esteem is everything in a woman's life. Yeah, well, sometimes I like, I think, is the conversation over? Like, have I have I spoken enough about it? But, you know, you still meet women who are just... who hate their bodies and whose daughters are really affected by eating disorders or, you know, the way that they look. And, you know, now you've got the online thing, which is just like hell for teenagers. I don't know how teens deal with it. Yeah. How do you you think it's really affected everybody? I just think this constant comparison, like every single day, this constant swiping of just seeing women, like girl after girl who has a better life than you and who's really happy because people only post the best Mm. days and the best images of themselves. And... It just must knock your confidence. I just don't know how I could deal with it because I had my space mm-hmm. and that was bad enough. And like Facebook, well, just as it was starting, um, you know, if, if someone had a party, I remember f- feeling so left out because suddenly it was online and suddenly you saw the photos. Before then, you'd never know. And now it's like everything's online and it's this constant competition. Yeah, I think Insta stories, sometimes I have to stop myself because you see all the yeah. amazing thing that all these people are doing. And it's like, yeah. look, I love my life, but... Why aren't I doing that? Why aren't I doing that? Yeah, why am I missed out on that job? Yeah, or like, like, why am I not at that party? Right, yeah. that's so much cooler, you know? Yeah. So yeah, no, I don't think it's that good. So what else do you want to do? So many things. So many things. Okay, yeah. you, you talked about your podcast. Yes, I've accomplished one of my dreams today, actually. Yeah? Yeah, yeah I landed the Jean Provocateur campaign. Oh, wait, which one? Jean Provocateur, uh-huh. the lingerie campaign. Wow. And it's like Congrats. the first, thank you, but it's like the first campaign they've done where someone's got roles and a tum- uh-huh. and like a tummy and like right. actually looks womanly because traditionally lingerie brands have very very thin toned women right. 
And this is like, hi guys, Aww. here's my stomach. That's so cool. Who's shooting Ooh. it? Um, this female photographer called Camille Varney, mm -hmm. who's French, I think. Yeah. But she was really cool. Uh -huh. Again, like an all-female team, really. Yeah. And, like really positive imagery. Do you get powerful. Do you get to request your team? Are you at that place uh, right sometimes. now? Sometimes. Yeah, you try. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, how about photographers? Do you get to request photographers? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah, I have a couple of favorites. Again, like I tend to like female photographers because um, they just know how to shoot women right. and they know what women like. And I think sometimes men... I'm not trying to shame men or anything, but sometimes they they don't know how to right. how to shoot us. And how about your boyfriend shooting with your boyfriend? <laughs> we we ha we have a friend in common. Her boyfriend <laughs> is my is my number one choice photographer and a and a dear friend. He's yes. kind of like I don't want to call him a son, but he's kind of you know a nephew something. <laughs> well, he loves you. Uh, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's great. He's he's great. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's very very exciting. Yeah. I'm very happy. I'd love to try and do some TV stuff. Mm -hmm. I'd love to do more beauty brands and like beauty is my absolute favorite. Well, first of all, you have a face, a oh. ridiculous face for beauty. Thank you. So if you don't have a contract by the time I'm back and and need a model, I'm just telling you. Just oh my God, hold please. Out. Yeah, no, because you're quite. Put me, put me. Yeah, because you look good without <laughs> makeup and you look good with a lot of makeup. Oh God, I don't know about today. I'm like, oh. Oh no, you lights. Look, oh no, you look perfect. <laughs> oh, you have to stop doing that, by the way. Oh really? Telling people how bad you think you look. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe I need to go. Yeah, because mine, that that just stays in my head. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it just stays in my head, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. Thank yeah. you, Bobby Brown. <laughs> yeah. And um, and what do you do for fun? I'm very into cooking mm -hmm. and nutrition and trying to enjoy food. Um, and I'd love to maybe do a cookbook as well, actually. Um, but yeah, I, I, is I it, is it still a struggle like eating? No, it's not actually anymore. Okay. Um, I, I think for a while it went the complete other way when, because when I realized that actually I can eat food and not put on, mm -hmm. um, tons of weight, I kind of went the opposite direction. I was like, oh my God, I can eat pizza. And I'm not going to gain like three kilos overnight. So I went a bit extreme, but now I've, I've reached this balance where I eat perfectly normal. I think as much as a normal person can eat, like I don't think you need to eat salads all the time. I don't think you should eat fast food all the time. It's just moderation and about how you feel on the inside as well. And just, you know, I know if I've eaten badly or not. And I think that's important to just listen to your to your mm -hmm. gut, really. Yeah, to be a little intuitive. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Not, and not listening to all the, you know, all the Instagram uh, nutritionists that tell you. Black tummy teas or whatever yeah, it is. Exactly. Those, those drive me mad. I'm just like, why do they keep promoting? And don't eat dairy. Yeah, I well, mean, I've got my tea now with yeah. milk in it. You have milk in it, yeah. I What's do. your favorite tea brand? English one. English, of course. Twinings. Which, Twinings, yes. okay. Very posh. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm working on a tea service at my hotel. Oh, really? So I'm, yes, I'm looking for a really good tea. I'm obsessed with everything London and England. Are you? Oh, yeah, it's really bad. Oh, do you, yeah. go, do you go a lot? I do, I do. Oh. And my house literally has... Everything you know, covered in the in the flag. My office, oh. we have a refrigerator with the UK flag. What else do we have? Oh, we have a chair. Yeah, <laughs> chair. I mean, oh, we have the Queen all over the wall. So, oh, great! Yeah. Well, she's she's an icon. I love yeah. her. Yeah. Um, oh, I should I should send you some um, places if you ever want to uh, go anywhere in London. But yeah, I, I miss it sometimes. But I do love New York. But this is your residence. Yes. Yeah. And, and how about acting? Have you ever thought about acting? Loads of people have asked me that and I just, I'm like, do you really want to hear my voice? I don't know. And uh -huh. I've got funny teeth. I just don't know if it would work. So it's not your, it's not your thing. 
I don't know. Maybe I, I think it's, it might be good for like self-confidence mm -hmm. and that kind of thing, but I'm not sure. And if you could tell the people that are listening today, if there is one thing, one piece of advice that you could give them that would make a big change in their day or in their life, what would it be? Just one thing. Hmm. They need to start today. I would say wake up every day and look in the mirror. And I know it's a bit embarrassing, but look in the mirror and tell yourself something great about yourself. It doesn't have to be about something physical. It can be something within the inside, just something that you love about yourself. And I guarantee that you'll start the day feeling so much better. So it always, it always makes me feel good. That's great advice. <laughs> so where could everyone find you? You can find me on at Charlie Howard, but it's spelled C-H-A-R-L-I. And then Howard, I had a bit of an obsession with the Spice Girls and Jerry Halliwell. So <laughs> when I was nine, I cut off the E. I was really cool and it stuck. So, okay. Yes. Um, Instagram's my main, my main platform. And what about your books? Like how many books? You have one out right uh, now? Uh, two out. Two. Yeah, I've got two out and you can get them from Amazon. Um, if you're in England and you're a Bobby fan, you can get them in all good bookshops. And I think you can get the audio book and Kindle version as uh -huh. well. Very cool. Well, Thank thanks you. so not, so much for coming in. I loved no, talking to you and meeting you. Me. Really a pleasure. I know, it's finally, finally yeah. got round to uh. it. <laughs> that was my conversation with Charlie Howard. Definitely follow her. You can hear all about her charity, The All Woman Project. And really, she's an amazing role model for women to be comfortable and confident in their skin. And that's it for this episode of Long Story Short. If you like the show, tell a friend. Also, rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions for me, email them to askbobbybrown at gmail.com or you can follow me on Instagram at justbobbybrown and let me know who you'd like me to interview, anything else you want to see. Thanks for listening. This is Long Story Short with Bobby Brown, a Gallery Media Group production. <laughs>